Hey everybody, uh, it's Friday afternoon and uh, we want to welcome all of our friends on podcast and uh, our friends on Family Fellowship Chapel. Uh, we're going to do part six of uh, Understanding Acts chapter two where we're addressing the inaccurate understandings of the message of the Holy Spirit. Want to welcome our friends on podcast and Facebook, but particularly those from around the international circuit who listen and download. We appreciate you ever so much. Contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We also want to welcome Lift Him Higher Radio. Um, they are a great uh media resource for us, and we want to welcome those of you who are joining us through that resource. So um, someone would say to me, Pastor Mike, why does it take you six 30-minute sessions to teach on the misunderstanding of the Holy Ghost? And here's the answer. Our world today is not headed in a great place spiritually, and I want to tell you a little bit about why. We don't mine anything in ministry anymore. We don't dig anything out of ministry anymore. We present 10-minute, 15-minute, 5-minute, 20-minute teachings and change the topic every week until we have become an a amateur psychiatrist and a, or psychologist and a as someone who is bent on becoming a social activist from the pulpit. The truth of the matter is the Word of God is deeper than that. Now we can take a, an idea like grace, and we can wrap grace around a whole lot of different things and never come to the real truth about grace. Because grace is not a standalone object. Grace has two coupling objects. Grace has faith. And grace has truth. Those are coupling objects with grace. We can talk about justification, of which I'm going to bring you a teaching shortly on justification. And we can say that justification, that we are justified by everything Christ does and make it sound very good, but that is not what the Word of God teaches. Because there is a coupling there are things that couple with justification. One of those things being faith. But justification is never separated from the blood, grace, faith, and truth. So the Word of God has to be pieced and put together so that it makes sense. Because if we teach, teach all grace and nothing else, then there is no weight nor balance for man to look at and say, well, then God has no means to determine who gets in and who doesn't if we are operating justified and simply by grace. But as we study the Word of God, we find out that not to be so. But the easy message is to find, okay, I'm going to preach on grace and send out that message to the world. I'm going to preach on justification, send out that message to the world. I'm going to preach on faith and send out that message to the world. And most of them never even get into the concept of truth. So it, if we are going to rightly divide the word of truth, which is the divine side, uh, 
then we're going to have to take a little bit of time. And time uh, should not be a problem for us because we're putting this on things that you can listen to a little or a lot at your convenience. And that's why we are doing our ministry with so many media outreaches as we are. Well, bless us in Jesus' name. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, our heart that we can understand, and apply it to our lives so that we'll be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, speak to us. We'll yield ourselves for you to speak to. Through the Holy Spirit, show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. We'll receive it and give it to your people. We honor you in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. As we share this message, beginning with part six concerning the Holy Spirit and His role in the development of the church, we must identify what Jesus told us concerning the operation of the Holy Spirit and how it was directly related, related to the means by which he would interact with the church. Jesus, being the head of the church, according to Ephesians 1, would make the church to be filled with all, you heard the word, all of the fullness of its head. Look at Ephesians 1, 20, 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. He has been installed as Lord over all three domains, of which in those domains had principality, power, and might. And they held dominion. They held dominion. But now he holds dominion. He has been installed now with dominion. As we see him here, we must identify the concept of dominion and why it is important to the correct understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've never considered this before. Why was when Paul told that he had dominion over every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that world which is to come. Why was dominion of such importance? Well, dominion is what Satan stole as he spoke with Eve through the snake. And in her agreement, treasonous agreement, she gave away the dominion that was given to them and so did Adam, uh, that produced, as he produced this narrative to Eve, Eve heard it and agreed with it, and ate. Dominion that was given to man in Genesis 1.26, where God said, let them have dominion. Satan usurped that dominion from man as Eve went along with his message. In so doing, Satan severed man's dominion and took it for himself. Now Jesus had to come as the only one of his kind and take back the treasonous acquisition that had been done as dominion was turned over to Satan. Satan had apprehended that from the original man through means of deception. This dominion, of course, was absolutely full and complete. 
in such force that every child that has been born of a man and a woman from that point even to today and beyond has inherited the nature of the dominion that was produced and provided by treason over to Satan. Jesus came and was the legal sacrifice used to both atone and redeem man. And in the process of salvation for mankind, he destroyed the work of the devil. Where did he do it? Well, we know. We know he went to the cross. We know he went to the tomb. We know he went to the region of the dam. We know he took the keys of death and hell and he arose and took out of there those saints after he had preached himself to them. So we know how he did it. We know where he did it. And Paul says that he did it. That's good news. In so doing, plundering all of the goods of the devil and one of the things that he brought out of hell was the complete dominion over everything that has a name, everything that has a tongue, everything that is in all three worlds. He has complete dominion and he is returned to be the man in the Godhead bodily with that dominion. Now for eternity, everything that has a name will answer to the dominion that is identified and clarified and given to Jesus Christ under the exalted name of Lord. Man will, will be caught under the darkness of the depravity of the nature of the dominion that is in accord and agreement with Satan until man accepts the work of Jesus Christ. When he does... Dominion is changed according to Colossians 1.16 and we're brought out of darkness into the light of the glorious kingdom of His dear Son. However, whether you believe or disbelieve, every man is judged under the dominion of Jesus Christ. Of that we must understand. He is the one who holds dominion. He holds it in heaven, earth, and hell. Now why is dominion important to this conversation concerning the Holy Spirit? Because in taking dominion of the inner man, Jesus Christ, who is the man in the Godhead bodily, will have dominion to fill the church, now watch, full of himself. That includes, watch now, his words his ways, his acts, and his guidance. He will have the means to show us things to come, and he will have the means to make man profit with all. Dominion. It's in Christ Jesus, and it's everything to the church. Unfortunately, the church has absolutely no clue. We don't have an understanding of what Paul has just spoken to us at the end of Ephesians chapter 1 concerning how every principality and power and might are all bowing and providing their dominion to Jesus Christ. Not only in this world, but in eternity and into the worlds to come. Everything is under his dominion. The church doesn't get it. If he exercises his dominion in the church, then the church 
should be able to hear directly from him. Now let me tell you how far the church misses this dominion issue. We have relegated ourselves to the words written in Scripture. And we have said we have him here. We have him there and that is true. We have his word. But his dominion goes beyond the operation of his word. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said that. Jesus said his dominion would go through the Holy Spirit and he would lead you and guide you and he would not speak of anything other than what I told him. Paul breaks it down even further and says, he's going to tell you how to think, he's going to tell you how to act, and he's going to tell you how to speak. All of these things are going to come through you. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above all that we're able to ask or think by the power of God that works in us. Ephesians 3.20 So why is this? Why do we have no clue concerning the process, the concept, the idea of dominion? Because we refuse to yield. We refuse to be sanctified. We refuse to submit, and we refuse to surrender. We hang our hat on this concept of believing. Now when I get to justification, I will break this down for you, what the problem is with this word believe, and how as it relates to faith, we have a misguided misinterpretation and misunderstanding. But as for now, I want to focus on this topic of dominion. Christ is everything to the church. If the church could only know what it is in dominion that he is prepared to do for you, we would be able to know precisely what to do and when to do it. We would precisely, precisely know how to profit in the expression of the messages regardless of the opposition because dominion, dominion has no opposition. Did you hear him say every principality, every power, and every might is under his dominion? Every name? Dominion has no opposition. Dominion has those who make suggestions and look for those to follow their suggestions. But dominion has no opposition. It has nothing that has the authority or the power to come against it. That's why Paul defined the common things. That's not dominion. That's just the thing that is out there that is the suggestion of temptation. But yet the church is scurrying around in our day worrying about 
the circling of those who have no dominion in the spiritual domain. And we huddle and wonder, when is this going to happen? What is going to happen if the political covenant doesn't go the direction that we think it should go or it needs to go? What's going to happen to the church? I'm going to tell you, the one who has dominion over it is going to maintain dominion. He will be dominion. He is looking for people to live in his dominion. That's what Paul is teaching. Christ is everything. He can through a yielded, sanctified vessel. Now watch it now, because you don't the church doesn't want to be this. The church wants to have an intellectual relationship only through the Word of God. The church wants to have an intellectual relationship that eliminates the movement of the Spirit. The church wants to have an intellectual relationship, but yet stand and wring their hands and clutch their book in a world that is circling with opposition against them. Listen what Jesus said. If you yield yourself and sanctify yourself, you can be a vessel through whom he will speak Lead, guide, direct, provide insight, concepts, and ideas that will make the church and the uh, individual prosper and be in peace. Why? Because you're serving the one who has dominion. That's what Paul has just told us over every oppositional power. But we don't want that. We don't want to accept him as the all in all. We don't identify with his dominion. Now watch it here now. We want to identify with his promises. They're different. This whole concept is different. Promises are different than dominion. Promises without dominion are nothing more than things we hope for. The reason a promise becomes a promise is because the one who offered the promise has the dominion to ensure that it happens. If there is no dominion, then there is no promise. If we don't understand his dominion, then we will be searching for promises and we will look up and have frustration. Where are you, God? Why aren't you, God? How come, God? The world's in trouble, God. Why don't you? Listen, my friend. We will never expose the promises of God until we realize the dominion of the one that promised. Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory to God. It's going to take somebody being yielded and sanctified being brought under the surrender, the submission to what Jesus Christ has done and come under his dominion and allow him to fill the church with all and all. Look at verse 22. And have put all things under his feet. All things. That means the opposition of our day. That means the political arena of our day. That means those that are standing to demean and decry the truth of God's word. All 
under his feet and gave him to be the head, the head over the church, all things to the church. The church does not have to sit around and wait on a promise. When they've got the one who has the dominion prepared to produce all things in the church, if the church would just get out of the way, yield themselves, surrender themselves, sanctify themselves, and become followers of Jesus Christ and allow him to do what dominion allowed the devil to do, which was to speak. Jesus Christ will, does, has, and always has spoken. Not just through his word, but through the Holy Ghost. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said that. I'm not making it up. I'm not speaking out of school. I'm telling you what Jesus Christ said. Everything is under his dominion. With that dominion, he is the head of the church. Now, why would the church with a head who has such dynamic power be floundering around? Be worried about what's going on in our day. Be concerning ourselves with what is about to befall us. Why would the church with a head who has the ability to speak and through them talk through the Holy Ghost reject that dominion? His dominion is given to him specifically as the head of the church, to make the church healthy, strong, and powerful. Because he has become stronger than any principality, any power, and any might. His dominion, my friend, now is boundless. And all things are under his command. So whatever we need, it is a possession that belongs to us. No longer a promise, but now by his dominion, it is a possession, which is his body. Verse 23, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We are his body. The blood that flows from his body is applicable by grace through faith into our body as a church and our body as a person in Christ. Whatever he is full of, will fill us and overmatches anything that comes against us. So knowing this, why does the church seem to be so ignorant about his dominion? So reliant upon a promise and so much lack of understanding of his dominion. Why does the church seem to be so ignorant of the means of which he has designed to express his dominion towards his people? Dominion can be seen, my friend, in his word. Now watch this. But it can never be encountered until the understanding of his word meets the revelation of the Spirit. The word is spoken and printed to develop expectation, expectancy. Revealed expectancy is divine revelation. Divine revelation is the encounter of what was spoken as a manifestation. This is what Jesus spoke of. 
The book of Acts is the divine encounter of the revelation of his teaching. So regardless of my upbringing, my education, my past teaching, and my trained belief system, I would have to reconsider what I am practicing. Why am I practicing it? And how I am practicing, here's a fact. It's actually grieving the Holy Spirit. It's actually driving the Holy Spirit into a place of withdrawal. Because darkness through doubt and unbelief is gaining, been released to gain by your own practices and it has now become a strength that's against you. The Holy Spirit who is sent with specific instructions concerning His work to reprove the world from sin, righteousness, and judgment has withdrawn. He is not operating in you with veracity to be your means of escape from the common things of which the devil uses to keep you in the five works that Jesus came to deliver us as it related to His speaking in Luke chapter 4. Someone said, show me Scripture, Pastor. You know what I need. I need Scripture. I need you to show me Scripture that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll take you no further than a couple of our chapters over from where I started in Ephesians chapter 1. We'll go to Ephesians 4. Then we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But speaking, now watch this, the truth, the divine side of God in love, may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. For whom, from whom, the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity or the intellectual content of your own mind. This identifies that intellectual thought that's been deprived of the spiritual thought and is operating in the natural mind. Having their understanding darkened. Huh. Remember I just told you what you have done has brought about in you a natural uh, strengthening of the world of darkness. Being aligned, alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. See that? What a scripture. Ignorance of the life of God that is in them. They are blind in their inner man. Ignorant. Listen to the scripture. Having the understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, given themselves to other voices. My friend, you're hearing voices. You're hearing leadership. You're hearing doctrine. But you're giving yourself over to voices that are not teaching you, training you, and developing you to allow the Spirit of God to operate in your life. To work all uncleanness with greediness, to do physically 
immoral things and feel as though they prosper. We're talking about those that are telling you this once in grace, always in grace gospel. Because what they do is is they tell you that your sin is overlooked because of grace. That's because they have never learned how grace works. Jesus came in grace and truth. So there is a there is a balance, a mechanism that balances grace. So to do physically immoral things and feel as though they prosper. What is that? Is to become a servant to the thing that satisfies the intellect and the flesh and then be convinced of it. Then be the voice that leads others to feel as though how they're living is being accepted to the point of them being prosperous in the work of darkness. Now watch. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard Him and been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. The divine side is in Jesus. But those who know truth did not learn Jesus and His message that way. The identity of truth and who that truth is, we're seeing Jesus now measuring what you have been learned by, by His divine side. That ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. We stop the ignorant conversation that is earthly and intellectual. Why? Because this conversation is done to the satisfying of their lusts. Remember, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and lust pride of life. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How will this occur? We'll come into the teaching of the truth of Jesus Christ. We will follow the teachings of the Father. We will live in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that is uh, in us, with us, and upon us. From here we will live in a spiritual mind and not a mind of flesh. We're renovated. We're redone. We, we have been totally rebuilt by the operation of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That you put on the new man, which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness, we come through the earthly works of Jesus into righteousness and we follow Him into the spiritual works that result in true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Speak truth. Truth. Truth about how grace works. Truth about the blood. Truth about faith. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. We don't provide a place for the devil to use those common things against us. We eliminate them through the works of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let him that steal, steal no more, but let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which of good is good to the use edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Don't let the communication of the worthless way proceed out of your mouth. Now look at verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby, Ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Do not make the Spirit operate in heaviness. 
because you chose your intellect over his ability. Now we saw this same ceiling happen in John chapter 3 and verse 33, 32 or 33 it was. So don't do things that bring heaviness because you are choosing your intellect over his ability to build you up. Do not drive him into the state of sorrow by your ignorant behavior. Do not attempt to live in the old way or of defeat and darkness. The Holy Spirit will be in sorrow over your choice to choose yourself and the things that satisfy you over him. The spirit of darkness certainly will not. No, no. Look uh, at all the works that he will place upon the one who is venturing into those works of darkness knowingly. The intent of the action of darkness is to separate you for one reason, from the operation of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 63.10, But they rebelled and vexed his spirit. Therefore he was turned to their enemy, and he fought against them. So in their hearing, just how had he been approved of God? And I'm going to stop right here and pick up right there. I'm at 33 minutes, so I'll stop right here. I want to tell you, don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Understand what the Spirit of God's trying to do in you. Understand that. Understand why Jesus Christ taught that the Holy Spirit would be used to speak from you. And the reason that would happen was because he would take total dominion. When he became a man and went back to be the man in the Godhead, he took, total, he took with him the, out of Satan and out of hell the total dominion of mankind. Every knee and every tongue. You, you see it, but you don't understand it. Every knee and every tongue he would have total dominion over. That's what Paul said in, in uh, Ephesians 1. Every knee and every tongue. Now why would he have every knee and every tongue if he had no intention to use the tongue to minister? But Jesus teaches that he did. Someone said, well now pastor, we, we preach the word of God. We use our tongue to preach the word of God. Yes you do and you preach it right out of your mind. Preach it right out of here. Right out of your head. And whenever you don't know what to do, you run to the internet. You pick up someone else's sermon. You look at it and you put a few tweaks to it and you call it your own. Come on now. This is what's going on around the world today. I've had people walk into my church and tell me that the church they attend, they have dated and one year later, the preacher preaches the very same message on the very same text. They've watched it date year after year after year. Yeah, that's what's happening, my friends. Instead of understanding that when every knee bowed and every tongue confessed, they surrendered, they submitted, and they gave up the, the confession of their tongue. They gave up the confession of their tongue to what? His dominion. And Jesus has told us exactly how He was going to operate that dominion through you and me. We need to wake up to truth. Father, I pray that you'll bless and minister to your people. I pray that you'll keep us and bring us to truth. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Facebook friends, we'll see you Sunday morning just a couple days away. God bless you. I'll be preaching on the tools 
that go along with worship. May God bless you. Podcast friends, God bless you until we have the opportunity to speak again. Find Him as Lord. There every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is, in fact, the Lord Jesus Christ. Find Him as the man in the Godhead. There He will show you through the Spirit of God great and mighty things that are to come. May God bless you until we speak again.